All right, uh, this is awesome. This doesn't happen every day. Um, Omar Navarro is a young guy from California in Maxine Waters District, Republican guy, um, not in the classic swamp Republican uh, form, but a, a newer, like a, like a Trumplican. He is taking on Maxine Waters. He's the only guy taking on Maxine Waters, right? No, there are other people running, but I'm the only one who's actually raised the most, uh, who has the most credibility in running, who's running a legitimate campaign. Good, I'm also running a good, clean campaign here. Uh, we're doing a lot of great things. We have Roger Stone on board. Uh, Larry Elder endorsed our campaign. Oh, wow. A lot of great people have jumped on board. Joe Biggs, uh, Sabo. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Is he going to make some artwork for you? Yeah, he's going to be doing that, too. So we're, we're looking forward to it. So it's going <laughs> to be some fantastic. great artwork. Uh, that's fantastic. So you're here in Arizona for the big Trump event, and you're actually going to get some FaceTime uh, with the Trumpster. Ryan put in the request to make sure that you talk to him about whatever you need to, and at the end say, by the way, Mr. President, can you hang up for a second on my phone and say when I'm in Tucson I listen to Garrett Lewis? Yeah, that's the goal right there. We're right? going to hold you to that. Very, <laughs> very important. Um, so you're here for the big event, uh, and thank you for driving all the way down from Phoenix this morning and being here. And, again, Maxine is not, uh, you know, we're not in her district, obviously. She's in, in, in Los Angeles. But she's so insane. Like, she's so nuts. Um, but she's won overwhelmingly for a bunch of years. Do you really think you have a shot with this? Yes, I do. Uh, what we're doing right now in, within the community, within the district, uh, we're doing a lot of great things. We're doing a lot of things that are non-traditional. We're running a non-traditional campaign. Uh, we have donors from 46 different states. Uh, we have over 2,000 volunteers. We have 200 active in the district that are uh, actually very involved in the campaign. Uh, we're doing events all over the district. We just had an event in Lamita, which is a city in the district, mm-hmm. and uh, we had about close to 80 to 100 people there. We had another event before that. We had about 140. We're getting a lot of young people. A lot of the demographics, is they're changing. Uh, diversity is is growing. Uh, 54% of the district is Hispanic Latinos, and Latinos are waking up in their district, and they're realizing that they have poor leadership. They're having leadership that's just going on national TV, trying to get a free press time, going on BT awards and receiving awards instead of and the MTV the awards and all this. I mean, she's she's yeah. literally crazy. Are you finding people? And before we know more about you, are you finding people in that district that maybe supported her, and are now like, God, she's nuts. Yeah, like, what is know, she doing? I have a friend of mine who went to the uh, Inglewood uh, Town Hall, and when she went to the Inglewood Town Hall, she noticed that there were people there that were not happy with Maxine Waters. And these were former supporters of Maxine. They liked her at the beginning. They thought that she, her head was in the right place. But now they realize that she's not in it for, for the people in the 43rd Congressional District. She's in it for herself. She's not in it to change anything. And, you know, I was born in Inglewood. I was raised a portion of my life in Hawthorne. Uh, I live in Torrance now. I lived in the district my entire life. Uh, you know, we need people who are representing the district, not people that live outside the district in a $4.8 million mansion in Hancock Park next to Beverly Hills. You know, that's not realistic. The medium income in my district is $40,000. You know, where she lives, the average income is plus half a million dollars. So, I mean, this, it's, a, it's a disconnection there. We need to have a connection with the people that we're serving. Uh, we're underserving them by not knowing what they're about, and I know what they're about because I've been in there. I've been there. What, and this is Omar Navarro uh, in studio here on KNST AM 790. He is uh, from California, uh, the district that Maxine Waters represents, and he wants to take her job. And he's here again for the Trump event, which you can hear live at 7 o'clock here on KNST AM 790. Um, how old are you? 28. 28. Have you always been into politics? Uh, you know, I, I've been in politics at a very young age. My grandfather uh, was from Cuba, and I lived with my grandparents for five years of my life when my, fam- my parents got divorced. 
Uh, so I learned a lot from them, and they taught me to be active in civics. They taught me to to love country, love God, and and they said it was important for me to to get involved. Because they, the ne- they never had a chance to really do that in Cuba. No, they did not, because you know their freedoms were taken away by communists and yeah. Fidel Castro, and some people praise him, and he's not a person what, to be praising. So when you see people walking around the Fidel hats, the Che Guevara shirts, the Fidel stuff, what goes through your mind? A lot of things. Uh, a lot of things go through my mind. Because, you know, I've, I've had family that were in prison for over 25 years in oh Cuba. And they were held captive for just having an extra loaf of bread. And that's saddening to see that. Because, you know, I don't want to see that in my country, and that's why I'm involved. And we have to make sure that we're having people who actually love this country, who love that what America is about. And when my family came here from Cuba, they love America. They, they made America their home, their country. They, they sacrificed everything to be here. And it's an amazing story. They came here legally. They didn't break any laws. And it's just amazing to see that, that people, you know, come here through the legal process. And I think that's one, one of the things we have to get back to. There's a separation between illegal immigrants and legal immigrants. We step on both of them and we cheat them all as they're all illegals. But it's not so. There are a lot of people who did the right thing. They followed the law. And we have to get back to following the laws and the foundation of our country. Uh, you know, it's in the principle, even the Bible, to doing the right thing. If you're doing the wrong thing, then what are you about? You're, it's, it's about modesty and honesty and integrity. Tell me more about your background, Omar. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was reading about your background. You worked for a Fortune 500 company. I mean, what people are going to look at you and go, here's a young guy. What the hell does he know? How does he have a life experience? What makes him qualified to make these decisions and do that? So. So what does make you qualified? What you know, you- one of the things that I look at is, you know, it, it, I, it, I think the qualifications go in there. I have a degree in criminal justice, a bachelor's. I, I work for the district attorney's office assisting victims of crimes in Los Angeles. Uh, I have had a small business in the past four years doing social media marketing. You know, but I don't think those are the qualifications people are looking for. People are looking for qualifications. What, what is the person about? What is a person's interest? And what do they want to do for my community? You know, when I'm showing up, I show up, uh, I go to even a Berkeley. I show up to, to events. I see what's happening out there. I'm in tune to what's going on in society. I know the truth, not the fake news that's going out there. Uh, misinformation. I mean, we need to bring back integrity into our country. And part of bringing back integrity is making sure that we're having the right people who are representing us, not like the John McCain's. We're having the right people who are going out there and taking action. You know, I'm not, I'm not here t- trying to accept an award for person of the year. I'm here because I want to uh, serve the people in my district. Not only serve the people in my district, but serve our country. And that's what's important. We have to give back to that foundation in our country. We have to serve the people that, that are there. We have to serve them. And, you know, 28 years old, Omar Navarro in studio here on KNST AM 790. Uh, just when people get all upset, and I've said this forever because – they, go, they want to blame millennials. Sure, there's millennials that are bums and stuff like that, and, and younger people that are bums. Uh, but there are lots of older people, I think, that are bums that don't want to work very hard. They, I know we know some of them, don't we, Ryan? So, um, inside joke. Uh, but, so true. Yeah, but, but you know, it's all about the person. And look, you're a young guy, and you're going to give people hope. They say, man, the next generation is actually pretty good, uh, that you want to work hard. I mean, are your friends? You see this. I mean, there's lazy people, but there are more people your age, give or take a couple of years, that are the same way. Yeah, and it's so true. I mean, it's disappointing to see that. You know, I want to encourage young people, millennials, uh, Generation Z, to, to get active, get involved, and, and pay back a tribute to their country. I mean, it's amazing to see how. But pe- I'm seeing people waking up. I'm seeing people becoming more active, and, and I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled to see them. Uh, be, like, I got some young kid who's trying to run uh, for city council in Cudahy, and he said, you know, I've seen you do this, and I, I'm inspired to do this. I have another young guy in another state uh, who wants to run for mayor, 
I have another young guy who wants to run for Congress. And they're all reaching out to me. And it's various uh, numbers of them that want to run for something now just because, you know, I'm doing this. And they, they see me doing it. They feel that they have the power to do this, so They too. all want to kind of drain the swamp, too, because exactly. it's on all levels. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just in D.C. We have it here in Pima County in Arizona. We no. have it, you know, with the Tucson Council. I'm sure you have it everywhere, too. It's people that get entrenched and then get to have the power and make the decisions and enrich themselves and their friends. Yeah, uh, the swamp represents corruption in our government, yes. and we have to definitely get rid of that swamp. And we also have to clean our own respective swamps in our own lives, yeah. and that, that's what it's about. I want to talk to you more. Hang on with me. Uh, you didn't drive all this way just to talk for 10 minutes, and there's so much more to talk to you about, uh, about what uh, Trump said yesterday about Afghanistan. Get your take on that. Term limits. Uh, you are actually out there. Again, a lot of Republicans, I'd say just about every one, except for Trump, doesn't even acknowledge Antifa, and you went face-to-face -face with them more than once. Uh, I want to get to all this uh, coming up. And your take on Trump, where you agree, you disagree, that kind of stuff. Omar Navarro running against crazy Maxine Waters. Oh, we got to play the crazy Maxine Waters soundbite. Yeah, where she calls people non-white, non-white people, white nationalists and stuff. And get, oh, my God, it's just, she is insane. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to all that coming up in about five. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Young guy that's, uh, you know, just like a lot of young people that say enough is enough. Uh, we, we've had it. We don't trust these people. And that's what it, that's what it comes down to. I think a lot of this country with the free flow of information, with the Internet and talk radio and everything else, uh, we recognize BS now and we call it out for, for what it is. It wasn't like that 10 years ago. Um, Obama helped bring that in and a bunch of lying Republicans helped bring that in. Um, what, what's your take, by the way, on the swamp? I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of people in Congress are not getting behind the president. They're trying to basically sabotage him. That's the way I see it. How do you see it? Well, I see it the same way. I don't disagree with you. Um, it's saddening to see that, you know, we have to have people that are working with the administration that are making sure that our president is doing the best job as he, he can do for the country. And one thing I would like to do is I want to work with the president. I want to make sure that we're making our country great again. And that's what, that's what I'm about. I'm putting America first. I'm putting in my district first. I'm putting everything first. He's, that, that's what we have to do. So we what, have to go back to that foundation. What, what, what are your ideas to make the country great again? I mean, I'm sure you agree a lot with, with President Trump, but yeah. I mean, um, domestic ideas. What would, you like, what, yeah. what would you like to see happen? Like in the 43rd Congressional District, I would like to see more business, especially in the state of California. We, we have all these, uh, these crazy regulations yeah. and all this red tape that we put through for business, uh, especially for development also in the state of California. If you want to build a house, it takes up to two years. Oh my uh, God. I mean, it's, it's quite saddening to see that. Not only that, and businesses go out of business, these they just can't afford to stay in business anymore in the state. Uh, I have over 3,000 businesses that have left in the past two years in the 43rd Congressional District. So what are you going to do to improve the business aspect? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things I would like to do is I would like to put pressure on local governments to make sure that they're not putting too much red tape on those local businesses. Uh, also, the same thing with real estate. Uh, we have to make sure that we're holding them accountable. I'm a person of action. I've gone out there. I've spoken to several city councils across California. I uh, stood up against sanctuary cities, uh, stood up for property rights, uh, stood up for business. I've been going out there. I'm actually a member of the Unified Small Business Alliance. Uh, we, are, we basically have over 5,000 businesses in the South Bay that become part of that organization. And what we do is we basically make sure that we are promoting business growth in the South Bay, and we're working towards that. And that's what I've been doing for, since I was 22. Uh, I was a part of be proud of it. My friend Aurelio Batucci, uh, he, he was an instrument to that. He created that organization because he wanted to give hope to business. Now, I'm are, very proud to be a part of that. Are you finding what's going to happen? Is he, I mean, we face the same problem here in Tucson. Is you have a whole bunch of people that have never actually worked for a business 
on the on our council. I'm sure yeah. they face that in a lot of cities in California. Uh, I mean, I think what it's going to take is people like you or business owners to actually run, and it yeah. sucks. They're busy, and I get it. But that's the only way to make change. Otherwise, you still have the crazy people in charge making the rules. And that's what I did for my, my campaign. I had to put my business on the side. And What was your business? Uh, online social media marketing. Oh, that's right. And that's, right. Th- that's what I did, and I did it for a while now. And, you know, I have a lot of success in it, too, doing it. And a lot of people have grown their businesses from it. And the cool part is that I was able to apply it into my own campaign. And I, I started with 1,000 people on Twitter at the beginning of the year. I didn't have a lot of people. But I started going out there. I started videotaping what I was doing, sh- showing live feeds and my page has grown up to 82,000 people. We're close to 83,000 on Twitter. Uh, not only that, we have close, we are at 60,000 today on Facebook. Uh, so at the beginning of the year, we didn't have a lot of people. But, and, and now you have donors from 46 states? Uh, donors from 46 states, including Arizona. We have a lot of donors here in Arizona. So I want to thank them for donating to my campaign, a lot of supporters from Arizona. So I, I want them to know exactly that I know who they are, and, and I'm really thankful for their support. And those who want to continue to support me, they can, and they can go to my website at omarnavarro.com. Uh, more with you, because uh, we got to get to, I want to talk about term limits, play some Maxine Waters sound yeah. bites, uh, get your take on illegal immigration, foreign policy, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, Omar Navarro taking on Maxine Waters. He's in studio, and again, he's getting Trump time. He's getting time with the Prez later, which I'm severely jealous. Uh, tell him I said hi. Uh, we'll continue with Omar. Coming up in about six minutes, don't go anywhere right now on KNST, it's Fox. We have Omar Navarro in here. Omar Navarro is from California. He's actually a young 28-year-old Republican guy. Uh, his grandparents came in from Cuba. He's taking on Maxine Waters. He has gotten donors from 46 states, a lot of donations from Arizona. He's here for the Trump event. He's, he's got some FaceTime with the Trumpster later today, which, again, I'm jealous about. But we were also talking uh, the, tr- the Trump response. I don't know what the outrage is. Maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. What he said Saturday, that I condemn the, hate, the hatred and the bigotry on all sides. Was that wrong? He wasn't wrong about that. I, I think I agree with him in a, in a certain extent of that, too. He's, there, was, uh, there was, on both sides, they were not right for what they did. And you're going to have problems from both sides. But what you don't understand also is that I have connections of people. I know people that are actually going out there that are out there in, in, in the field. And what people don't understand is what, what's really happening is different. Because you have a lot of people that are there that are paid to antagonize uh, this whole mm-hmm. situation that to create this false narrative of what's really going on. To, so people see it on TV and they believe something and it's true. Exactly. But that's called fake news. Yes. And at the end of the day, we have to go back and realize that maybe we should look into those live feeds and actually see what really happened. Well, and it's all over the Internet now. I got, yeah. A guy just sent me this morning, Renamob now paying 50 bucks for people, 50 bucks an hour to go up and protest Trump. Yeah. It's all a bunch of guards. And the media, they hate Trump, so they just act like it's, it's not happening. They act like these they are actual legitimate protesters. And we've seen it with everything, with the people fighting for a $15 minimum wage, Occupy This. They all get paid to get out there. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So you said what he, I mean, all of a sudden a guy, Trump, that shows up to the Wailing Wall in Israel with a yarmulke on his head is somehow a white supremacist Nazi uh, sympathizer, which I just don't understand, again, with his daughter being a, a, a Jew now and his son-in-law being Jewish. I, and I'm Jewish, and I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure the guy's not a Nazi sympathizer. Um, so what he said, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fine. He can never know because you watch it. It only takes a person with eyeballs that work to see the pictures of the piece of crap, you know, neo-Nazis saying what they have every right to say it because we're, it's free speech in this country. And then we have the right to condemn it. They say what they say. And all of a sudden the Antifa people show up with the bandanas over their face and they charge at them with blow torches and bats and bottles of urine and everything else. 
So everybody there was a jerk, and that's what he basically said. Mm-hmm. But the Republicans act as if he didn't condemn the white supremacists enough, which, did you think he condemned everything too much, or he could have done a better job? He, what do you he think? said the right thing. And at the end of the day, there were people on both sides. You know, we, There are both sides. I mean, there are different factions, too, also. you got to understand that, yeah. too. Not everybody on the other side was a white supremacist, also. There yeah. are other people that were there for alternative reasons, and they were going out there. Uh, but at the end of the day, they try tying everybody down yes. as it, this whole event there could was be a people, white supremacist yeah, event. That, that were white supremacists yeah. but didn't want to see American history get whitewashed by taking down statues. There were people that, that were there. All, I mean, it, when it's When is it going to stop? That's the question. Yes. Well, I think this is taking up because Russia was going nowhere. You know, you haven't heard anything about Russia lately. Maxine Waters, your opponent, hasn't said anything about Russia lately. Well, it's a false narrative. Well, yeah, it's, it's all a bunch of garbage. Um, Omar Navarro's in studio now on KNST AIM 790 from California, taking on Maxine Waters. You actually have seen the Antifa, the ones that CNN has said they're just, that group is only around to take on the neo-Nazis, which is such a bunch of garbage. You've actually seen them face-to-face. Yeah, I've seen them face-to-face when I've gone out to Berkeley. I've seen them face-to-face when I've gone to downtown. I've seen them face-to-face when I've gone to Hollywood. I've seen face-to-face when I've gone different parts of L.A., you know, at San Bernardino. Uh, I've been... I've been out there for a long time. I've been showing my face. I've been dealing with uh, Antifa for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how they act. I mean, they say they're anti-fascist, but yet they throw uh, water bottles at people. They throw M80s at people. They throw bottles of urine at people. Mm-hmm. They punch people. They uh, Hit they, them with bike locks. They have no respect for the law. No. They have no respect for the law. And, you know, not only that, you know, if you have people who, who are causing harm to people across this country and— and it's, it's a matter of the First Amendment and going back to the foundation of our country, the Constitution, and respecting free speech. Imagine and that. We're not doing that anymore. No. It's sickening to see that. If it, Now it is. The other side is, if I disagree with what you say, you're a racist and you can't be here. And I'm going to stop you from saying it, which... That's fascism. Not, yes, exactly. And that's what's funny. They're called anti-fascist. They're not no. anti-fascist. No. Um, so you were out of Berkeley. Berkeley, were you there when they were trying to have some conservative speakers there? Yeah. Uh, and I, I was one of the speakers at one of the events at Berkeley. And Did they protest you? The, you know, they actually added me on a recent list. My rally uh, was added on a list by Antifa, La Raza. They were going to crash it. They called it your political a, rally. Yeah, my political rally. But I was supposed to speak at two other rallies. Okay. One uh, was the mother of all rallies and one other one in Berkeley. And, uh, you know, they add actually the, all those rallies on this list of rallies, which three of them I was a part of. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these people are just showing up because they want to protest and they want to cause problems. They want to uh, incite violence and that and terror into people. Uh, that is wrong. And what we're doing, we're there for free speech. We're not there to cause problems. We're there to uh, bring better solutions in our country. We're there to talk about things. Hang on. We were, we were talking to the break. I don't, I don't want you to forget this because we were amazed by it. So... Who called your, was it Antifa that put your name on a list and they told people you were having a KKK rally? Yeah. Even though it was just your political rally. Yeah. So you, a guy of Cuban descent, you were having a KKK rally. And they intimidated the bowling alley where I was trying to have the event and they called the business owner. They threatened their, with their lives, their kids. Uh, it, it was pretty messed up what they did. And not only that, they got, not, they got so many calls that they pushed our event out and they intimidated the, the business owner so much that the business owner was forced to cancel the event. Not only that, what I did was I, re- I changed the location and the venue of it, and we went to a park in Lamita, and that's where we had the event, and it was successful. We had close to 100 people that showed up. 
Um, I mean, and somebody somebody showed up though and asked if this was the KKK rally. Yeah, I is had a lady that said, "Hey, Mijo, uh, hey, son." Sure. Uh, you know, she said, uh, "Is this a KKK uh, rally?" I I heard of it so much all over the place. They've been talking about it, and you know, I was driving by the park and I see there's an event and your name. You know that they said that that was a KKK rally, but I couldn't believe it. So I I showed up to the park to see if it's true or not. So they saw it, and I had a lot of people that showed up, and they saw that it wasn't. And people are saying, why are they lying? Why are they saying all these things? And, and I told them, like, look, this is what they do, and they want to divide people. They want to conquer you. They want to enslave you. Uh, they don't want to free you. And I want to empower people. I want people to become better in life. I want more for my community. I want more for you. I want less gangbangers out there. I want to see less uh, crime. I want to make sure that we're really fulfilling the promises that we were promising people. And that's what we have to get back to. So um, when you watch the news and hear the news and read the quotes and everything else and hear these things, guys like Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, John McCain, the media, when they talk as if Antifa doesn't even exist, what goes through your mind at that point? You know, for me, it's a, I, I've been out there. I've experienced these people, and I know what they're about. They're, they're a domestic terrorist group. They are. So it must drive you nuts then when a guy like, you know, oh, no, no you can't, you can't, you know, you can't uh, say that one side and, and the other side are both wrong. The neo-Nazis are so much worse. They're really bad. Yeah. But so is Antifa. Antifa is, is a whole nother level. I mean, they, they really will try to shut you down. They will try to, uh, they'll threaten you. I mean, I get, I get death threats all the time from Antifa. They put me on lists. Are you getting death threats from white supremacists? Uh, no, no, no. I, I mean, I, I don't. And this is not to be, see, idiots are going to listen and go, see, you're, you're giving... Uh, you're, you're giving sympathy to whites. No, we're not giving sympathy to whites. They're horrible human beings. Yeah. They're hateful pieces of garbage. However, Antifa is the ones that are committing actual violent acts right now. Yeah. I mean, I get it. The guy ran the girl over. That was horrible. He's a nut job. He's an absolute nut job. But look at all the things in the past, all the, all the Berkeley incidents. You name it. They're the ones that were at the Trump events going back the last couple of years. They're the ones that shut down the Chicago event that he had. Or he was supposed to have. Oh, they've shut down so many other events. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it's saddening. They it's, do it locally in California when conservatives try to have events. And, so there, have there been any events shut down because of white supremacists? Uh, you know, no. Uh, I, I mean, what, I, what I've seen, uh, they try to tie down every event as a white supremacist event, oh, yeah, as not? a KKK event. Yeah. It doesn't mean that those events are really white supremacists yeah. or KKK events. What event. I'm saying is that, yeah, Antifa shows up and they try to cause problems. Yeah. The horrible pieces of garbage neo-Nazis aren't showing up in the same way or as often. No, no. I, I, don't, I don't see that. Yeah. Um, hang in with me. I, I don't go anywhere because we've got to talk about how you actually, you got to hear the story of how he announced, uh, how Omar announced he's running against Maxine Waters and where he did it. It's pretty friggin' funny. Uh, that term limits, and I want to get to some policy stuff too. Running against Maxine Waters here in Arizona for the Trump rally, Omar Navarro. It's omarnavarro.com. Yes. You can donate. Donate so he can defeat Maxine Waters. As much as I want that to happen as a talk show host, I, I'm going to miss her insanity. we got to play the soundbite, too. That Don't go anywhere. We have a lot to do. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 792, sounds most stimulating talk. To know. Um, in studio with me, Omar Navarro. Uh, normally wouldn't talk to people that are uh, not just from California. And i totally racist against California. Anyway, no, um, somebody... <laughs> you too, Ryan. You are hey. born there. Um. Normally wouldn't talk to people that uh, aren't running in somewhere in Arizona, but you're running against Maxine Waters, so this is special. Just before we go any further about how you declared, and this is funny, you ever think that you're just kind of mean, that you're picking on somebody that's not quite all there in the head? It's like not fair. 
because you seem to be a very smart young guy, and she's an old crazy codger. You ever just think that maybe you just, it's a bit, it's a bit mean picking on an old person like that that's lost her mind? No, I'm just pointing out the truth. Okay, there you go. I like that. That's very good. It's very good. Um, tell me how you declared, what did you do? When you said, I'm running, I'm running against Maxine, what'd you do? Yeah, so I'm going to actually go back a little bit and how everything actually started. Yeah. So, By the way, is your wife happy you're doing this? Yeah. Because my wife would destroy me. No, you know, to be honest with you, my wife's like, is not crazy about it, but she supports me okay. and what I do. And, I gotcha. And she's supportive. I mean, you know, what person's going to be crazy about politics? I mean, yeah, all the I time. I mean, it's just normal life. But at the end of the day, it's like it's how you feel about each other and how you're working together towards getting towards a goal and mm-hmm. achieving, supporting each other in life through everything. Okay. That's what it comes down to. But Yeah, Garrett. <laughs> don't say me. Call my wife. Be like, why don't you support Garrett more and cook more and clean more? And don't tell her that. How about clean those toilets, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> don't tell her that. Shh. Go ahead. No, but yeah, you know, I, I started all this and I, I said to myself, look, um, we got we gotta make an impact. We gotta show we gotta show people something that's never been done, something that's you know, and something that's not common because people are so tired of of seeing the typical politician. With the typical spiel. Yep, the boring, um, straight talk, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows they're full of crap. Yeah, and, and, and I was just, I didn't want to be that. I, okay. I wanted to be something different, and I wanted to impact culture. And that's what my campaign's about, is impacting culture. So I went out, and I decided to, I, I went over some stuff with my campaign manager. My campaign manager, well, let's go to our office and ha- have, like, a little thing in front of our office, and we'll do it there, the announcement. And I was like, you know what? Let's take it up a notch. How about we go in front of her mansion in Hancock Park? Which is not even in the district. Which is not even in the district. It's about an hour away from the district. Oh, my God. So, uh, and you got to understand, Hancock Park is next to Beverly Hills, a very wealthy community. So I wanted to point out people, the representation, basically, that Maxine doesn't live in her district, that she's not representing the people she serves. She's not representing the medium income. Good you. She doesn't understand the the needs of the district. Thank you. And so I said to myself, well, you know, uh, let's take it up a little bit further on this one. Maybe let's let's have a mariachi band show up and <laughs> uh, <laughs> sing the national anthem in front of her house when we do the announcement. So we did that. We actually went through with it. My campaign manager was like losing his mind over it, and he was like, "No, let's let's not, let's not." You know what? I was like, "Go big or go home, political man." Political correctness. Yeah. Goodbye. See ya. So I said, I said goodbye to political correctness. I said to myself, "We got to go out. We got to do this." I've been going out. Uh, been showing myself to rallies. Did she complain that you were in front of her house? You know what? Uh, the the thing on Twitter, uh, we kind of blasted her on Twitter, and we said, uh, you know, this is where you're living, this is what you're doing, and she responds on Twitter and says, ah, oh, whatever, ah, uh, whatever. That's what she literally wrote. Yeah, that's what she wrote, and I have screenshots of it. It's on Twitter. If you go scroll down on my Twitter okay. at Real Omar Navarro, um, you'll see the screenshots. They're there, but she deleted uh, the tweet right away. I, it's like she retracted what she said. <laughs> so she's acknowledged me. Informally, I mean, on Twitter, so it, it, she knows what we're doing, and I like she's not liking. You kind of set her up because if she complained about that and complained about, the, uh, complained about the mariachi band, you could say she's racist. Yeah, against mariachi. <laughs> yeah. Well, the mariachis wanted to, they had to, they wanted the taco truck there, and you know they really tacos. needed to go to the bathroom. And Maxine had a lot of uh, gates and security. Yeah, she doesn't want a border and, wall. You know, she doesn't like security. You know, what is she against it when she has it in her own home? That's a great... Uh, so she's she got big, the walls uh, up a everywhere. A big wall. A big, big wall. wall. Big wall to keep people yeah. out. Except we can't have it. Yeah, we cannot have that no, wall. No, that's just... That's unbelievable. Um, so has she done... Has, has she responded to you since? Or she's no, just trying to ho- no. hope you go away? Well, you know, we even went to her office and after that, uh, two months after, and we decided, like, hey, let's go to her office. 
And so we crashed her office and we went there and we asked, hey, we want a debate with Maxine Waters. And a lot of people in the campaign were there requesting. We we actually signed a, a request for her, for her to debate us. Okay. Uh, you know, we haven't heard anything from her. We probably are not going to hear anything from her because Maxine Waters knows if she goes toe-to-toe with me, she's going to lose. She's going to look very dumb. Very dumb. Matter of fact, let's hear a dumb thing from Maxine Waters. Uh, Which one? This came out last week <laughs> oh. toward the end of the show on Friday. And I said, we have to, we have to play this when Omar's here. Um, now, this is Maxine Waters in front of people, I guess, in her district, where she goes after Steve Mnuchin, a Jewish guy, and Ben Carson, a black guy, and claims they're both part of the white nationalist movement, and they're like white supremacists. And she goes after Steve Mnuchin, who says Steve Mnuchin foreclosed on 36,000 people there. He's the reason... I'm like, is that the reason they didn't pay their mortgage? Is, is he the, don't pay, don't pay. Let me, it's the dumbest crap of all time. Um, but you have to hear, I mean, she says a lot of crazy things. This, this may take the cake. Go ahead. But of course, there's so much uncertainty now with this president and with this administration. Mr. Mnuchin, oh, who is the Treasury Secretary, oh, who is responsible oh, for over 36,000 oh, foreclosures in this area, responsible is for now... The, 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 the Jewish guy. But this is what this cabinet looks like. Mm-hmm. Whether we talk about Mnuchin or Ben Carson, that's over the We've got to come before my committee. If you think reclaiming my time that I did with Mnuchin, you wait till Ben Carson. I mean, she's so crazy. Out of all the people in the Trump cabinet, there are plenty of white people that aren't Jewish. She goes after the Jewish guy and the black guy to connect them to the white nationalist supremacist movement. And you should destroy her mentally, of course. Mentally. I mean, th- play, play the play the one B right at there, the thirty second one. Yes, play that one right. One, one more great one. Here we go. Well, here's what I'm trying to get to. If we discover that Donald Trump or his advocates played a role in helping to devise strategy, if they're the ones who came up with crooked Hillary, if they're the ones who came up with she's ill, something's wrong with her energy, and the way that he uh, basically, you know, described her in the campaign, I think that is something that would put the question squarely on the table whether or not he should be impeached. If he came up with the term crooked Hillary, which he, apparently she she claims we have another sound, but we won't play it. Crooked Hillary. Yeah, that that apparently Putin helped Trump come up with the term crooked Hillary. So, because Trump can't brand anything, he's not known for branding, right? With his name on his own toilet paper, um, he came up with that. She thinks Putin helped Trump come up with that. Thus, Trump should be impeached. This is the sign of literally someone that is insane. I. They, you look, you think you, you can't make up this. I came on the radio and was like, man, Maxine Waters says Trump should be impeached because Vladimir Putin told him to call Hillary crooked Hillary. You'd be like, no, just don't make that up. Like, that's just so stupid. She just said that. 
You know, uh, this is the way I see things. You know, one can claim, you know, that the Haitians told Maxine Waters uh, to tell the Tea Party to go straight to hell. I mean, these are things that she's doing, and uh, these are things that she's saying. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, we have to get above that. We have mm-hmm. to rise above all that stuff. We have to get back to the 43rd Congressional District. We have to go back to the issues in our country. Uh, you know, she's deflecting people away from the real issues. You ever just look at people and tell her the crazy things that she says? Yeah. I, I, and when every event that I go to and people ask, you know, like some of the things that, and, on the side and everything, and they ask me, like, well, what are some of the things that she's saying and everything? But a lot of times, get out, get out your phone, know, go to YouTube, yeah. type Maxine. I say, watch. Don't believe, watch. Something like that, they'll go, what? I mean, even if they don't vote for you, they shouldn't vote for her. And to me, I again, I'm in radio. I love letting sound speak. If I read that quote, wouldn't have the same impact as hearing that crazy dingbat actually say it. I, I could never be a politician. I, I get too mean because I don't care. Um, I just look at it. This person's literally nuts. And I think if anybody actually thinks that they should vote for her, they should, they should possibly be put in a rubber room. And I tell people, you know, the district has nothing to lose by voting for yeah. me. And you know, 27 years, yeah. nothing has happened. Uh, gang bangers have have killed many people. Yeah. And like, crime has, has she risen. improved the district? What has she done to improve the district? Well, you know, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I've seen roads that are not being repaired. Yeah. I, I see crime rising. I see uh, our businesses coming. Parks, or are they going? Businesses leaving. Yeah. Like I said, 3,000 businesses yeah. have left in the past two years in the 43rd Congressional District. Um, this is concerning. I mean, there are malls that are even vacated that haven't even been in business for over 14 years in the district. I mean, they're just sitting there. Why? Why is that mall closed? Why? Well, the mall's closed because there was gangbangers there that ended up, it was crime infested. Why, why is she getting votes? Down. Is it because she's black and there are a lot of minorities there and they no, think they should it, vote for it's, her? It's not that. It, it's not a color issue. It has a lot to do with not having an actual candidate that is actually challenging her, that is actually going out there, is actually campaigning. In the past 27 years, she hasn't faced anybody who's raised more than $10,000 against her. I mean, how are you supposed to beat uh, a person with such high rec- mm-hmm. name recognition if you can't even get yourself out there, get on radio, not only get on radio, get uh, a lot of publicity? You have to generate publicity. You have to become known. And you raised That's, over $100,000? Uh, yeah, I raised over $100,000. I have Roger Stone on my side as my political advisor. And by uh, the way, Roger Stone needs to read The Art of the Deal because he has agreed to manage your campaign for a dollar. Mm-hmm. That's bad deal-making right there on Roger's part. He doesn't need the money, though. You know, when, when we, we said, um, I, I was thinking about this, too. When we went out there, we said, yeah. well, we got to get get myself Roger Stone. So get me Roger Stone here. And Roger Stone joined the campaign right away. How did you do that? How did you get Roger Stone, who helped start Donald Trump's campaign? So, you know, this is how. You know what? We'll do a comeback. Yeah. We call that, it used to be called a tease. But we've been told by the radio people, it's not nice to tease people, which totally makes sense. So we now invite people to stay with us so they can hear your story. You like that? Oh. Yeah, inside baseball. Again, because people get I'm I'm sick of being teased. Nobody oh, ever sorry. actually complained to me Who's about ever said saying that? I'm going to tease. What? Who's ever actually said that? Uh, there's somebody that wanted to get some kind of a paycheck from a radio station that came up with that freaking idea. Again, not one person, not one listener's ever said, I hate you teasing me like this. Actually, sometimes they do. They go, i I, I got to get in my car and you make me stay in there. That's why I listen on iHeartRadio or KNST.com. Don't complain. We'll find out that story. And we got to get to the, the freaking, uh, I want to know what you're going to tell Trump and then term limits and then some policy. And This has been very enjoyable. Are you having a good time? Yeah. Are you doing all right? I'm having a blast. Are you I sure? All right. Yeah. I'm just making sure. There's nothing better than radio.
923. We will continue. Get these answers coming up in four minutes. KNST AM 792, Sun's most stimulating talk. So there you go. Omar Navarro is in studio with me. He is taking on crazy Maxine Waters. It's about time somebody is. You look at this as an outsider and say there's got to be somebody that's freaking She's crazy. She's literally nuts. Somebody should be able to step up and, and beat her. And you're putting the effort in as a 28-year-old guy. By the way, I'm getting uh, emails. Omar Navarro is the best. Where is our Omar to run against Grijalva? I told you you were going to get that stuff. I know. They, Omar's here, wants to give hope that there can be some people. I mean, if Maxine Waters can lose, Maxine Raul are on the same level of insane. Uh, somebody wants to know where they can donate. Yeah, they can go to my website at omarnavarro.com. It's omar, O-M-A-R-N-A-V-A-R-R-O.com, slash donate. And they can go to the donate page on there, and they can make a donation. You know, anybody can donate from any state, and as long mm. as they can help out, it makes a difference. I mean, anything adds up, Seventeen seventy-six. 25 bucks, 30, 40, whatever, whatever they can yep. do helps out. Uh, so how did you get Roger Stone? Yeah. Oh. You're just some random dude in California. Well, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of work in the past year, and I've been getting myself out there. I've been picking up a lot of great endorsements from a lot of great people. You know, Roger Stone was seeing me on InfoWars. I, I've been on InfoWars several yeah. times. And uh, I was with Owen uh, Schroyer, and then I was on Alex Jones. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Owen was – kind of went for me, and he supported me in a lot of ways. He, t- he was, like, always talking to me about Alec, to Alex, and then Alex eventually said to, to Roger, you got to help this guy. you got to go out there. you got to do something. you got to just you got to help this guy. So I had uh, one of Roger's guys reached out to me, and I was headed to Florida okay. uh, for that very reason because they were telling me we're going to get a meeting with Roger. So I was like, i got to go to Florida. i got to go meet with him. So I went to his house in uh, Fort Lauderdale area, and uh, that was fun. I, we got to talk, and – we clicked and... So he's giving you good information, good advice, and not kind of only, strategy? It's not just good advice. It, it was just, uh, he was just a down-to-earth person, and we just got along with one another. And it's hard to find people you get along with, mm-hmm. that you click with. And, and Tell I was me about like, it. Then and there, I said, get me Roger Stone. <laughs> so, and Roger's, like, told me straightforward. He was a very straightforward guy. He says, you know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to do whatever I can. And, man, he's been doing a lot of stuff for the campaign. I mean, he's... It, for one dollar, I mean, the level of work that he's put into the campaign, and he's working really hard, and mm-hmm. he's getting us a lot of th- he's getting a lot of things done, and it's just amazing to have him by our side. So you're going to have some FaceTime with President Trump? Yes. Um, is is it solidified? I mean, unless something else happens, you've been told, hey, it's going to happen. Yeah, I've been told it's going to happen, like one on one or like in a group setting. You're in a hallway, he walks by, and he goes, "Hey, Omar." I, I've been told that uh, it's going to happen in. A private meeting, a group, um, so that's what's going to happen. In a private meeting? Yes. Wow. Remember, need you get that iPhone out and say, Mr. President, can you say, Hi, this is the Don, and I'm in Tucson. I listen to Gary Lewis on KNST. I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> We're holding I'll you try. to it. We're holding I'll you. try. Listen, I want to know what you're going to say to President <laughs> Trump. Besides that, I want... <laughs> And we'll do that coming up. And then yeah. we got it. Term limits, yes or no? Term limits, yes. So you're telling, would you tell people, I, um, Omar, will only serve X amount of years? Yeah, I, Omar, would like to only serve two terms of four years each. That's eight years, no more. So you want to, so you want to serve four terms? Well, it's not four terms, because I would like to change it to where the two terms are just four years okay. each. 
and it's only two terms, like no more than the president. But those swamp monsters aren't going to change anything. Well, you know, that's one thing I would like to work for if I was okay. elected into Congress, and I want to push for that, and I want to make sure that I make that my, my main thing that I'm pushing for in Congress. I think that we have to find issues that we have to cling on and that we have to work towards, and that's one thing that I would like to push for. We have to drain the swamp, and yes. part of the draining the swamp is getting rid of uh, career politicians and getting corruption out of our own government. So eight years, and then you go back to your life and live your life. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. All right, I want to know what you're going to tell the Don coming up. I'm inviting you to stay with us. It's, we're going to find out in six minutes. 932 on KNST with Omar Navarro, omarnavarro.com. Uh, Omar Navarro is in studio now, omarnavarro.com. He's taking on Maxine Waters, 28-year-old guy. Um, put his business aside to run against Maxine Waters, who doesn't even live in the district. He's here because he's going to uh, have uh, FaceTime with the Trumpster up in Phoenix tonight, which is pretty cool. Drove down to Tucson for this, uh, and I really appreciate it. Uh, OmarNavarro.com. Again, uh, his grandparents came from Cuba. I mean, this is, a guy, this is what we want in this country. This is what we want. We want young people that think of this country first. Of course, the fact that you're not white throws the whole, the whole stereotype of this station totally off. Yeah. Well, so thanks a lot. Thank you. No problem. Listen. You're not white. I'm Jewish. I don't even know what the hell Ryan is. American. Okay. I keep telling you that. Non-white also. This whole talk show, we were just, you know, it's not the same thing. We obviously, I mean, we're supposed to like white supremacy and Nazis and stuff like that. Guess not. Um, I like burrito supremacies. <laughs> burritos are good. So, uh, they can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Within the next two hours of having it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, you're going to get some FaceTime with the president. Have you thought about what you're going to ask him or talk to him about or tell him or anything like that? Well, you know, there are some things that I'm going to keep private, but there are some things that I definitely want to talk to him about. You know, I'm, I, one of the things that I would like to share with him is that I have a lot of passion to serve my community, to serve in my district. And, you know, I'm in it for the people and I want to represent them. And that, that's, where, that's where my heart is at. I really uh, I want to show him the, the passion that I have and the passion I've had for supporting him from the very beginning. I actually... Um, you know, I, the cool part is that, you know, I like Trump since I was a very young age. Actually, he inspired me actually in a big way, uh, to get in business, uh, to do the a apprentice, lot of, uh, not the apprentice. Uh, I read his book when I was like 14 years old, the oh, Art wow. of the deal. And I, I, I learned a lot from it. I learned about it in sales and, and I learned how to use it in my own life and how to apply it and inspired me in a big way. When, when I was young, they used to ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I used to say, well, I want to be the president of the United States. Or, and then a teacher told me, well, you know, that's not realistic, Omar. You, you might not end up being the president. What else do you want to be? Well, I want to be just like Donald Trump. I want to be a billionaire. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fair. You have to tell him that story. Yeah, yeah. You have to tell him that. See, this is why I can never run for office, because I I, I, my first two questions would be, where's Melania and where's Ivanka? Because my wife wants to know. That's why. Where's Melania? Where's Ivanka? That's, you know, Mr. Trump, I love you, Mr. President. You're a great guy. I'd rather get a picture with Melania on this arm and Ivanka on this arm. Can that be possible? That's just me. You don't have to say anything. This is what makes radio great. Uh, so I'm excited for you. Do you have any idea how long you're going to have with them? Five minutes? Uh, you know, I'm minutes, not so sure minutes? of the time, but whatever time I have with them is going to be a valuable time, and we're going to make sure we make use of it in the most effective way. And you know he's going to absolutely, if he likes you, love backing you, because he can make fun of Maxine Waters. Can you imagine the tweets that he's going to say about Maxine Waters? Yeah. I mean, it's just ripe. It's open. It's there. Um, now, when it comes, forget about what Trump said about Afghanistan and everything last night. Let's talk about some issues real quick. Uh, might as well get to that, right? And it's been fascinating having you on, hearing your story. And I hope people you know, get this. Again, you're a 28-year-old guy that's trying to do the right thing. Um, 
you told me during one of the breaks that you're, you know, you're America first. You're a nationalist guy like that. And, and, and I think it's been missing in this country. We've had too many globalists like John McCain and Jeff Flake mm-hmm. and George Bush and the rest of these guys. And, and I talked about a couple hours ago how that uh, Republican Senator Boozman from Arkansas got busted. He had one of his staffers write an email to the Mexican, a U.S. consulate in Mexico, asked for 80 farm workers from Mexico to come join his friend's farm. I mean, that's just, it's awful. It's the swamp that needs to be drained. Um, what about uh, the ideas of these foreign wars? One of the reasons Trump got elected is because he said, we got to get out of these places because it's just not working. We're spending a lot of money. People are dying. People are coming back injured, maimed. You know it. Um, what's your take on, on, on the, the foreign policy idea? Should we stay away? Trump said we're now he didn't about face. I talked to the experts. We have to stay here now. Uh, but what would you do if you if he asked you, what would you give him? I would say that we should not get involved and in, in, we should stay away and that we should put America first. And that's the message. America first and no other country but our country. So, um, I mean, the rebuilding, because, you know, when he was candidate, Trump, he talked about the rebuilding, the rebuilding of all these other countries. Yet we have. Like, look, you're in Pima County, yeah. potholes, Tucson, potholes everywhere. Yeah, he uh, talked about how China is crippling us. Yes. And he talked about how other countries are crippling us economically and how they're destroying us. And that's the message that I loved, and that's the message that I support. And that's the message that I want to hear from him. And I'm going to continue to support him because we have to build our infrastructure in our country, and we have to put America first. Our two senators here love NAFTA. They think it's great. We're on the border, a lot of trade. It's fantastic. John McCain put out a statement last week where he actually said, um, because we started renegotiating NAFTA. And the media's not talking about that. I mean, they started renegotiations of NAFTA, which is huge. And John McCain said, uh, I hope uh, that the, there's no winners or losers here, just free flow of trade continuing. And I'm thinking, you don't want a deal? You don't want America to win this trade war? It shocked me. But what's your take on NAFTA? You know, my take on, on NAFTA is that we have to exit it and we have to put America first. And that, that's what we have to do. So you'd want to just get out just like that? Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is, this is hardcore. Um, look, I, I appreciate it. We've seen the thousands and thousands of factories go and hundreds of thousands of jobs lost. And I think, uh, it, you know, to me, again, you tell me, combination of lowering the corporate tax, personal tax, uh, getting the dollars from overseas brought back, I think that's a way to get those kinds of jobs that we yeah. sent offshore back into this country. We have to make things in our country again, and that's part of making America great again and making California great again. It's we have to build things here, and we have to build our infrastructure. We have to build business. We have to create things again. I, I see things that are made in China. I mean, you know, I, it's hard to find things that are made in America. And what if we go to war with China? <laughs> I mean, I saw that they're trying. They're thinking of buying uh, Chrysler, Jeep, Fiat. You know, at this point right now, going to war with China, I don't think it's a re- it's it's relevant enough to where we're going to go to war with China. I think we have to think about the basics. Uh, if we're in any war, we're in an economic war. An economic war mm-hmm. where China is crippling us. And that economic war, we have to win that economic war. We have to rise above it. And we have to make sure that we're taking care of our own ear. How do we do that? How do we, how do we level the playing field with uh, businesses that want to take their business to Mexico? Do you want tariffs? What do you want to do? Yeah, you know, that's, that's one of the things that we have to make sure we put for uh, is tariffs. Uh, if they're going to another country and they're doing business elsewhere, we have to make sure we make it hard for them to do business elsewhere. Because they're leaving our country. They're supporting another economy. But we have to worry about our own country here. We have to worry about uh, creating jobs here and making sure that we're building things in America again. We're not doing that, and we have to do that again. Is that the only thing, just tariffs? How do you think you can also keep jobs here? Yeah, uh, also you have to do, make sure you're working with business to lower regulations too, also cut red tape. Uh, there's a lot of red tape in our government, especially in the state of California, like I was mentioning earlier. 
uh, you know, businesses are leaving. They're leaving to other states where there's a, a better business climate, and it's happening. I mean, like Toyota left the city of Torrance, where I live. Uh, they left to Olin, Texas. Uh, that's a concern to me, and it's going to be a concern to everybody. Omar Navarro is who you're listening to. He's on KNST AM 790. I've got to finish up with you. We've got to take a quick three-minute break, but I want to finish up with you. And, again, you're going to be in Phoenix. Uh, I'm very excited for you, by the way. And um, I'll talk to maybe Maybe we can get you on the phone tomorrow uh, right. to talk about how your meeting went with President Trump. I think it would be pretty freaking cool. Nah, let's make him drive back down. <laughs> <laughs> drive back down, huh? Drive back down. How'd the meeting go? It was good. All right, thank you, Thanks. Omar. Thank Take you very care. much. Uh, all right, OmarNavarro.com. He's taking on uh, Maxine Waters. A couple more to wrap up here on KNST AM 792, Sounds most stimulating talk. Omar Navarro in studio taking on Maxine Waters. we got just under two minutes left. Um, illegal immigration. Are, are, you, are you finding, I mean, are you, are you for the wall? Yeah, of course, 100%. What about uh, the DACA students, yeah, DACA you, recipients? We've we got to stop giving money to illegals in our country, and we've got to start uh, supporting our own people here. Uh, we have a lot of young kids who can't even get jobs and in our economy, and I mean, it's terrible. It is horrible, but what, okay, so what about if they game here at age three? And I think there should be a background check for every one of them, but what about that? Should they stay? President Trump seems to be leaning to try to cut a deal to have them stay here. You know, I I look at it this way, that when the families come here and they break the law and they come here illegally, and they're breaking the law, I mean, coming here into the country, but you also got to look at their backgrounds too. Do they have prior convictions? Is there any criminal past to them? If they have a criminal past before they came here to the country, they're gone Mm -hmm. automatically. That, that's hands down. They're not going to stay in the country. But we also got to look at it as a sensitive issue, too. But also we got to be sensitive to people in the country. So we can't just hand amnesty to yeah. everybody. I don't agree handing amnesty, but I think we sh- people need to earn the residency in the country. They can't just automatically uh, vote in the country. That, that can't happen no. either. There's got to be a different way to handle the situation. And the way I see it is personally... If you're gonna have, if you're gonna actually give them the chance to earn the residency, I think that we should still try the people that are here as a misdemeanor because it is a crime being here illegal, illegally. Uh, not only should we try it as a misdemeanor, they should also do like Caltrans hours. They should pay back uh, respect to the country because they broke the law initially coming in. And not only that, we have to go back and, and analyze and look at what they're doing. Uh, are they adapting? Are they learning the language? Are they learning the constitution? Are they being Americans? Are they being Becoming Americans? Americans? Okay, Omar Navarro. I could talk to you for a whole another hour, but we have to go. Yeah. OmarNavarro.com. Good luck tonight with President Trump and at the Phoenix rally. I hope you enjoyed. hope there's nothing crazy going on there. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow yeah. uh, about what you're meeting, how you're meeting. When I want more to talk to you as well. Thank you for coming in. See you later. God bless.